All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. Ladies and gents, silly season is here in the NHL. Presented by Botano, it's a Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take. As you can see, Nick Alberga riding solo here again on this Thursday. Jay Rosehill's coming up, another resounding edition of three hits with Rosie. Okay, I can only wonder what Rosie's going to talk about today, but hint, hint, nudge, nudge. It's regarding the Stanley Cup final, the Vegas Golden Knights, and maybe what the Leafs can learn from that run for the Vegas Golden Knights. Once again, a jam-packed edition of the show for you today. I mentioned silly season. If you're a hockey fan, you love rumors, you love trades, signings, all that stuff, the next six weeks are, are where it's at, honestly. And, and, and that's probably something that got me you know, falling in love with the sport 20 years ago or 25 years ago were the trades and just the mayhem and it's just getting more and more exciting. And again, it seems like a lot is out there on the market. So I thought a perfect guest for today was the one and only NHL Insider Director of Hockey Content for Daily Faceoff, Frank Saravalli. We'll drop by in about 10 minutes from now. We're going to dive into Sheldon Keefe, Bradshaw Living, you know, Nylander, Matthews, what the Leafs could be thinking ahead of free agency, Ryan O'Reilly, David Camp. I mean, there's so many different routes we can go. We'll talk about Luke Shen as well. So stay tuned. Buckle up for Frank Saravalli in about 10 minutes from now. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. If you're new to this podcast, we cover the Toronto Maple Leafs on a daily basis. My normal host, who is not here today, Jay Rosehill, used to scrap for the Maple Leafs, an absolute beauty. So you want to watch our content, tap that like button. 
at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe right now on YouTube. And we're also available wherever you find your podcast. Just search Leafs Morning Take. You'll be able to pop us up and listen to us on a daily basis. And again, as per usual, we appreciate all the support here at Leafs Morning Take. Don't forget to visit LeafsNation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs, thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. Excuse me. You can drop us a line down in the chat below, and I'll get to them a bit later on the show. As per usual, the chat is burning up here on this Thursday. Again, it is silly season, so there's a lot to dive into. Let's get over the boards. Start with that. So again, dating back to last offseason, it is a copycat league, and we're all wondering who this year's Calgary Flames are going to be and start all the mayhem. Maybe it's a team like the Florida Panthers who made the trade last year as well. And and that's the unique thing for me is that Florida loses the Stanley Cup two days ago, and now it's pretty much business as usual. And I thought the fascinating thing too, their exit meetings, 8.30 a.m., meeting with the media today. You think they want to get out there in sunrise? Just a tough, tough ending to that season. And the true realization at the end of the day, only one team hoists Lord Stanley, which leaves 31 teams disappointed, at least 31 teams, you know what I'm saying, disappointed by the way the season concluded. So I think in general, and we say this every offseason, but this one specifically, there seems to be a lot cooking, a lot percolating. Percolation is, a, is one of my favorite words that I use quite frequently. But there seems to be a lot of the table, and especially here in Canada, looking past the Toronto Maple Leafs, and of course we'll get to them with Frank Saravalli, but the Winnipeg Jets, to me, will dictate a lot of what happens here in the NHL offseason. You look at the pending UFAs one year away from that, you know, the Pierre-Luc Dubois of the world, the Connor Hellebucks of the world. Some big-time decisions will be made by, uh, you know, the, the Kevin Shevel Day Offing Company in Winnipeg the next couple weeks. And I just don't know how they come out ahead. But I think from a trade standpoint, there's a couple blockbusters just to be made out of Winnipeg, if you can believe it. The other team is the Calgary Flames. Again, Kind of interesting because they were sort of in this predicament last summer. And now they're in cap hell, which is kind of unique because their former GM is now with our beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. But understandably so, Calgary could be another active team because it seems to be a growing trend around this league where you're now hearing, and maybe it's the age of social media, you're now hearing when a player is not re-signing with a team. And I think it's unfortunate to a team when that gets out into the media because it sort of hurts hurts their stance on the trade market. I mean, before teams didn't know sort of the situations regarding different players, and now they do. We saw with Matthew Kachuk last year. We're seeing it again with Pierre-Luc Dubois with Winnipeg. Connor Hellebuck recently said he's not really interested at this point in time in re-signing with Winnipeg after next season. You know, Alex Dabrinka with the Ottawa Senators. This is a growing trend in this league, and it's really, really fascinating considering what the Leafs have up, uh, you know, going the next couple weeks as well with Nylander and Matthews. And, Happily enough, like nothing's come out of those camps thus far. And I think that's good news from a leverage standpoint. And we don't anticipate that. I think we all anticipate the big two, those two coming back in the mix next year or something going down. But at the very least, we haven't heard anything from a trade perspective, which is always good. But there always still is time until July 1. But I I just think in general, it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wacky. There's going to be some rumors you hear out there. So just be careful of the things you listen to and hear and even when somebody says some guy's not going, I don't believe it this time here. It always dates me back to uh, the big PK Subban trade with Nashville and Montreal. I think two days before it went down, I remember I was at the draft. Subban, Mark Bergevin comes out and says he's going nowhere. And then like two days later, he was dealt to the Nashville Predators. So I wouldn't take anything you hear in the NHL world right now at face value because it is that time of year in the National Hockey League. So Frank Sarvalli is coming up. We're going to dive into anything 
and everything, all things Toronto Maple Leafs. But for now, the feature presentation, I hope I build it uh, correctly and perfectly here is none other than Jay Rosehill. Hey guys, thanks for coming back to our three hits with Rosie. As we saw the other night, the Vegas Knights won the Stanley Cup. And I got to tell you, it it's always one of my favorite nights when the Stanley Cup gets delivered. It doesn't really matter if, uh, you know, my favorite team is winning or, or not. Uh, obviously, that's preferred. But when you see that cup get polished up, and presented it's it's one of the best nights in hockey it gives you goosebumps every time to see the elation on those players and coaches and family and everyone's faces when that thing gets delivered to the captain and the team and everyone who has anything to do with it and and those guys all know they're getting rings and their names going on that cup and and all the activity that's going to be happening after the game and in the weeks to come. Everyone's looking forward to their day with the cup. It's just so unbelievable. And the thing that kind of pissed me off is all the fireworks and the smoke and the bullshit behind the scenes. It was so unnecessary to me. And and I get you're in Vegas and the, the big lights of Vegas and everything. Maybe that had something to do with it, but you don't need that NHL. It's cheap. It's tacky. It looks desperate. You do not need that when Lord Stanley is sitting there on a table and those guys are jumping up and down, waiting to get their hands on it. The guy needs to grab it. Say, yeah, Batman, we'll take a picture. Come on over here, boys. Boom, they hold that up. It's everything you could ever ask for. And then it just, to me, cheapens it when there's fucking fireworks going off and everything. Like the people that are watching can't even see because there's a wall of fire behind them. Um, Shooting smoke over every corner of the thing. I just thought it was overdone. I believe they have done it before this year. So it's not just Las Vegas. But to me, that that kind of bothered me. I don't think they need it. It's unnecessary. Again, it's cheap and it's tacky. And if you want to do that for the NFL, everything they have is already a big show and boom, bang, and jets flying over top and everything else. But with hockey, especially that night when the Stanley Cup is being presented, you don't need anything else. You don't need those fireworks and flares and sizzlers and sparklers and all that shit going on behind the Stanley Cup and Batman. Leave it be. It is as classic as can be. When you go back and you look at, you know, when some of those TV outfits put together those montages of of people from the past, teams and players from the past, getting the Stanley Cup for the first time and you got Mario and Gretzky and and Messier and Ray Bork and, you know, the the Sidney Crosby's and Taves and all these different teams over the last decades, when they put together that montage, you don't need smoke and mirrors and glitz and glamour. You just look at it and you got goosebumps and tears almost come to your eyes because it's so bloody awesome just the way it is. And honestly, if you go and play one of those and then you throw in, you know, last night or the other night's, um, you know, circus of, you know, watching Mark Stone get the cup. And then in the background, there's this shit shooting off and popping off. You don't need it. It cheapens it. It would stand out as what the hell is that? After you look at the years and the decades of doing it right, cut that shit out. Nobody really needs it. That's my opinion. Anyways. Oh, shit. That's kind of funny. Tell Jay Rosa to put a three hits together. Just take shots at the NHL for no, no apparent reason. He didn't like the celebration. Like that reminds me a lot. Not taking shots at Rosie now because he's going to be back in the mix very soon. But that reminds me a lot of like the old adage, like if the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, people would bitch about something. They would complain about the cup route or something. That Like who cares? Only I know Rosie was like 
was like tweeting about the pyro and it reminded me a lot of uh, Goldberg from WCW. Maybe it was overdone, but what is the, what did you expect? It was Las Vegas. I don't know what Rosie was expecting, you know, roses and and all that. Like I think there was that level of expectation because it was Vegas and it was the Golden Knights and everything we've seen from that franchise and anybody who's been to Vegas understands and comprehends that market. And that's why we sort of got that. But I thought it was so interesting that Rosie brought that heat to the table, but that's why we love him for the hot takes, right? He didn't like the celebration, didn't like what the NHL put forth for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, and, and thankful for the city, by the way, for doing the parade on Saturday night, they're not going to be in the blistering heat of the desert on Saturday. So the parade is scheduled in Sin City on the strip. They're shutting down the strip on a Saturday night. Call that adventurous. I think that's very, very adventurous, but um, it'll be interesting to see what transpires, what happens out in Vegas. And again, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Stanley Cup champs. I, I just think the way they got there is so amazing. Again, considering the fact I was on this very show yesterday and brought up that I was on missing curfew a couple months back. And, uh, you know, I said in my prediction was that Vegas is going to miss the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, completely. And I nailed that on the head, obviously. But uh, many thanks to Jay Rosal for stopping by. And many thanks to today's guest for making some time for us. It's none other than Frank Saravalli. What's going on, Frank? How are you, buddy? I am pretty good, Nick. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, first and foremost, what did you would you make of that prediction I just said that I had Vegas missing the Stanley Cup playoffs? I nailed that, didn't I? Yeah, it was almost as good as me saying that Jack Eichel is the <laughs> NHL's most disappointing $10 million skater. And the only reason I clarified and said skater, because I was like, Sergei Bobrovsky is the most disappointing. $10 million overall player. Uh, what? It comes with the territory, my guy. Old and if you takes exposed. Yeah, I know. Oh, dude, Anthony Stewart on a daily basis, just sending that my way. But I get it. I understand it. It's part of the nature of this gig. Thanks so much for making time. I know it's a busy season. Uh, let's get into the least perspective here. We'll start with Sheldon Keefe. What's the latest you're hearing on that front? Nothing really new. I think, um, look, Brad Tree Living is, I think, the best way to explain it with the Toronto Maple Leafs early in his tenure is drinking from a fire hose. He's got so many things to figure out. Sheldon Keefe is toward the top of the list, but he's also putting on uh, the, the tour, the player tour to get to know everyone, to, to make the introduction and make everyone feel comfortable. Um, and I believe I, I didn't double check on this, but I think the plan was for him to be in Arizona yesterday to meet with Austin Matthews. So um, look, that stuff is all ongoing. Um, I, I think the plan, especially as the coaching carousel is slowing down and coming to a halt, I think the plan was to try and bring Sheldon Keefe back. I think that's where they sort of landed heading into this. But look, I, I don't know what his ultimate decision-making process is like. And I also don't know how he feels about the idea of Sheldon Keefe heading into next season as a lame duck coach. We know it's not just about the lame duck coach. It's also about what the Leafs just went through all year with Kyle Dubas, the constant sort of question and talking point that existed all season long that we then know how it ended up playing out. How do you see the Austin Matthews situation playing out? Because I just brought up the fact that the offseason, it's rumor, you know, rumor season, it's wacky, it's chaotic, it's crazy. We really haven't heard much the last of the well, everything you just mentioned there with the two sides potentially meeting. Do you anticipate this being something that drags out, like very similar to, you know, Nathan McKinnon? We all thought they had it in the back pocket that it was finally announced. 
This one's different. At least it feels different because there's been so much change, because there's been heartache in terms of playoff failures. Uh, McKinnon, at this point, had a Stanley Cup in the bag. So that is different sort of in its own right. You've gotten to the pinnacle, the top of the mountain, pardon the avalanche pun, and then it was just a matter of taking this player that was so underpaid for so long and bringing him up to current market value that, that's part of it here. There's a bunch of things that are different. I mentioned for one, the lack of playoff success Two, the fact that Austin Matthews has already been paid at the pinnacle really of players in this league. There's only so many that make North of, of where Austin Matthews is. It's kind of Connor McDavid and, and now McKinnon. And, and that's it's a really short list. So that's part of it too. And look, I, I just think, there's two different things that are going on right now, a push and a pull. On, on one hand, you've got Brad Tree Living, who kind of went through a really tough situation with um, Johnny Gaudreau and, and watched him go through the season and then walk for nothing. And I don't think anyone's thinking that Austin Matthews is thinking along that path, but I still think there's a real push from the Leafs' perspective, from Brad True Living and that scar tissue, to get him locked up long term before, at least medium term, before July 1st, so that you can kind of put that to bed and put it to rest. And then you have, on the other hand, the Matthews camp, which has said and done all the right things to this point. I, I intend to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. I'd like to sign before the season starts. But that leaves sort of an open-ended and an open date of, well, when? And so the thought process, I think, has been, what happens if Brad Tree Living and the Toronto Maple Leafs give Austin Matthews everything that he wants? The contract and the term, et cetera, et cetera. They come to, to terms, at least, hey, th Austin Matthews asked for X and the Leafs gave him X. But what if he still doesn't sign? I don't think they're in any hurry to sign, is, is at least my understanding. So those two things are kind of butting up against each other. And it puts the Leafs in kind of a really uncomfortable position to be in, which is like, hey, we are going to bend over backwards to make you happy. And if it's still not good enough, then what's to say if it's not good enough in late June that it's suddenly going to be good enough in September or December or February when we get close to the trade deadline? The Leafs can't be in a situation where Austin Matthews one year from now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. is walk to free agency and and leaves. So I think it's a really uncomfortable spot for Bradtree living to be in. Borderline disastrous too, right? If it goes south in a hurry, then you're in trouble and July 1st hits. That's why, again, you would love some clarity, but then they're playing the time game on the Matthews side. What's your read on Nylander? Is anything different in that situation? Not to my knowledge. Um, Look, I, I think the Leafs are looking at Nylander and they're saying... This is a guy that first off um, really played well in the playoffs. And I think more to that point has played well in a number of playoffs now. And you look at Nylander and you say one more season, sub 7 million bucks. I know he's a UFA on the other end of it, but if we are indeed in a flat cap world this year, and, and even in the best case scenario possible, it increases 3 million bucks this summer. William Nylander relative to cap is the best bargain you have on your roster. I, a lot of people, for whatever reason, anointed him in early May when the Leafs were done or mid May, that this is the one guy they're going to trade from the core four and move on. And that's it. And I was like, I was sitting there going, first off, he played well. Second, he's a bargain contract. And third, I think Brendan Shanahan really likes William Nylander. I don't think he's going anywhere. So I don't know what exactly the thought process is from Brad Tree Living's end. Is this a player that you feel the same pressure to re-sign or can you kind of go through this season and then address it? Also, once you have better clarity of what the cap situation will be in 2024, like I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility, Nick, that it, you know, we're in a spot where William Nylander is back, um, meaning signed beyond this contract. Yeah, it's interesting in so many ways, right? Because everything went down following the season with Dubis and everybody talked about the core four, but now the whispers out of Toronto Franker that they want to keep the core four intact yet again. Uh, do should we read into that too much? Like obviously things change so quickly in this NHL world, no? They do change, but I, I think the at least as I see it and know it, that's the plan of, of attack for right now. Now, can something change in, in short order? Of course it can. Um, but I think they're also in the spot, even like, let's say like, let's game theory this out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about Austin Matthews and let's say, you know, he's asked for a significant contract extension at at medium to short term that really makes everyone uncomfortable. But you say, you know what, we're going to give it to him because we think he's one of the very best players in the world. Okay. So you've worked yourself into that spot. Great. But then he turns around and says, you know, even though you're giving me what you want, I'm not ready to sign yet. Okay. So let's say that's the second part of the equation. So then let's say the third part is because we're giving him what he wants and he's not willing to sign then we're going to trade him. 
My then answer in all of this is where, what are you going to get? And how much leverage does Austin Matthews have to back you into the corner to essentially say, even though he doesn't have the no trade clause that's formally kicked in yet, all he has to do is signal to anyone out there, we're not willing to re-sign anywhere until next summer. It really diminishes your return and it puts the Leafs in a really difficult spot to even get, you know, if, if you're faced with the scenario, again, just game theorying this out, yeah, that the Leafs this is pure hypothetical, that the Leafs are going to lose Austin Matthews for nothing in free agency. Even if you're thinking making a crappy trade for Austin Matthews is better than no trade at all. I just think it, this is the same situation. This is why I made the point. This is the same situation that I think they've worked themselves into with all of those guys. And I'm not saying, I'm not really including John Tavares because I, I don't think he's tradable. When it comes to Nylander, Marner, and Matthews is how do you win the trade? How do you actually get fair market value? And more to the point, how do you make the Toronto Maple Leafs better next season by virtue of making that trade? And so everyone wants to say, and I've been in this group, I, I think personally, to bring Sheldon Keefe back and the entire core and the roster and just suddenly hope that something's going to be different next season, I think that's lunacy. Mm -hmm. I just don't also know what the viable path forward is to make this team better in the short term and, and win those trades and, and say our team's better in October on opening night because we decided to pluck the Band-Aid off and, and make it hurt and do it just to do it. Yeah, it's again, I agree with you. I think the perfect word is lunacy. They got to do something, but I think that goes hand in hand with the big four. If you want to do something, I think you have to maybe extract from that core four. But again, we'll see over the next couple of weeks what transpires there. I want to touch on Luke Shen. We have him on quite a bit. Uh, what are you hearing behind the scenes on Shenner and what's the likelihood he resigns in Toronto? Well, I think his preference, um, at least as I understand it, is to resign in Toronto. Um, I also think that in previous iterations in Calgary and elsewhere, there seemed to be some link between Brad Tree Living and his team and interest in Luke Shen. I seem to remember that popping up. I can't remember if that was Daryl Sutter driven or if that was Brad Tree Living driven. I think the one problematic part for the Leafs and, I, and, and maybe even for Shen is a decision that's going to have to come of I think with the way that he, you know, as, as well as he played, he's due a pretty significant raise. Like you're not getting Luke Shen at 900,000 bucks anymore. He's somewhere, I think in the two and a half million dollar range. And maybe if he's willing to take less money because he's been playing at that money for the last couple of years, if he's willing to take less to stay, then I, obviously there's an option there. But how much less should he take in order to stay there versus some of the other opportunities that might exist for him around the league? It's really going to come down to not so much are the Leafs interested, because I think they would be. It's are is Shen interested at that price point that I think is going to be the tougher call to make. What's your read on some of the other UFAs like Ryan O'Reilly, Michael Bunting, David Camp? Do you think they're going to go in a new direction knowing there's a new uh, boss in, in, in town here? I think so. And 
you know, Ryan O'Reilly, I don't know why people seem to combat this from the moment I said it back when the trade was made. Like there was next to no chance that he was re-signing. Um, Michael Bunting, I think they they just can't afford him. He's sort of the next Zach Hyman yeah. or whoever you, you may mm-hmm. want to compare him to. And David Kampf, like I wouldn't be shocked at all if he ended up in Pittsburgh. Like I think that's the perfect sort of Kyle Dubas player in a new city with cap, you know, constraints. That's a low cost, relatively low cost add to your team to make that team better. And lastly, you you mentioned Dubas. So we see Jason Spezza go there and obviously he steps down and Toronto ends up there. But what's the likelihood we see somebody else like a Pridham or somebody from Toronto go to Pittsburgh too? Well, first off, my question is, are the Penguins actually going to be filling that GM position? I don't know that we have an answer to that yet. I think the idea is to fill the position that they will interview. I also have heard rumblings that Brandon Pridham really likes it in Toronto. And by all accounts, he's pretty well taken care of by the Leafs and is really kind of the specialist at what he does in his position around the league. Like there isn't a single better person on the planet that's more well equipped to manage a salary cap than the guy who quite literally wrote it in the (laughs) CBA for the NHL and helped put the system in place. So he makes a ton of sense. Uh, to stay and to keep as a really valuable piece to your team. Um, I also don't know what his own personal aspirations are. Like that's one thing you'd have to figure out is does he view himself as a GM? Does he want to be a GM or is he comfortable earning a lot of money as the next most powerful guy in an organization where he's at the very top of his position in the league? Well, Frank, this is going to be very, very, uh, Exciting times, I would call it. Uh, some nervous times as well over the next couple of weeks. Appreciate your time today, buddy. Two weeks from Saturday, free agency opens. The countdown is on. It is. Take care, bud. See you, Nick. That's the one and only Frank Saravalli, and uh, so appreciative of his time, of course, of Daily Face Off, just bringing us uh, a blockbuster, um, you know, in terms of information, um, insight, analysis as to everything's going on behind the scenes. And and that's how quickly the clock can tick, right? That we're sitting here, we're two weeks away from NHL free agency. Insane to me, absolutely insane. And don't worry, I read the chat. We'll get to you guys momentarily. But first, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. And uh, for today, I'm going to look at the future market and the Stanley Cup. So Vegas wins two days ago, and right away, the futures looks are up there for next season. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? And once again, the front runner is the Colorado Avalanche. I, I never understood this market to begin with. Like, why would you place a bet right now? Maybe you find the best value. But just looking out there, depending on the books, Colorado at plus 800. The Edmonton Oilers at plus 1100. They're number two, tied with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the Maple Leafs have the second Lowest odds of winning the Stanley Cup next year, plus 1,100. Never seen that before. Actually, it happens every year because the money just goes in on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Boston at plus 1,300. Carolina at plus 1,300. Love the value. New Jersey at plus 1,300. The Rangers plus 1,500. Vegas to repeat at plus 1,300. Tampa's in the mix as well. So I just think it's way too early to place some money on that. But again, I guess maybe you're finding your best value right now when Nothing has transpired in the NHL offseason. But just to look at that, if you want to take a little look at Toronto plus 1,100, why not? Thank you very much. Let's get to the chat. 
You guys have been great all day long. Um, Donnie does dishes. Uh, if you're new to the channel and the show has just been bringing the heat all week long, the shade, the chirps, the everything he writes in today. Yikes. If anyone pays Shen two mil is a mistake. And I think that has to be somewhat of a holdup, obviously in the negotiation, maybe it's term, maybe it's uh, you know, AAV, but I, I think what Shen proved is that they needed a defenseman like that in the lineup. And I just think he means much more than just a player on the ice. I, I just think from the standpoint of how he plays that game in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I think he's proven the last couple of years that he makes defensemen better, whether it was Quinn Hughes specifically in Vancouver. Just look at the way Morgan Riley played in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially on a pairing with Luke Shen. So I think all that has to factor in, and I just don't want them to lowball Luke Shen, and I hope it happens. I hope he does return to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just think it makes too much sense uh, to go back to the well when it comes to Luke Shen. Gospel testimony, bunting can be replaced. He's too much of a distraction and liability for what he contributes, and and that's probably why we haven't heard any news whatsoever of Michael Bunting. I think they pretty much decided they're going to move on. Uh, Brian writes in, in response to gospel testimony, they're going back and forth. How did the Nick Felino trade work out? And and that's the thing here too. You know, Donnie Dazish is also writes in bunting is no hymen. And there's a lot of back and forth in terms of pugnacity in the chat and all that. State of survival. Did Carlson get fair value? Um, you know, there are so many question marks this time of year, especially when your team doesn't win or doesn't go all the way, or you're a team like Toronto. I don't want to call them middling, but trying to find their way in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You win a series, then you lose to the Florida Panthers. And just the way that the Panthers were dismantled in the Stanley Cup playoffs makes you really, really wonder, at least in the Stanley Cup final, I should say, against the Vegas Golden Knights. And maybe it was full value to the Golden Knights who hoist Lord Stanley. So we'll leave it at that. Um, very special guest, by the way, coming up tomorrow, the director of goaltending of the now Stanley Cup winning Vegas Golden Knights, Sean Burke's going to drop by and uh, share his thoughts ahead of the parade. The Stanley Cup parade is coming up on uh, Saturday night in Sin City. So Sean Burke will be my guest tomorrow. Again, no Jay Rosso once again. Carter Hutton will co-host with me on Monday, but I'll be flying solo once again yesterday. Again, if you want to chime in in the chat, please do so anytime you would like. Uh, at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe to our YouTube page. Again, available um, wherever you find your podcast as well. Search Leafs Morning Take will pop up. And uh, many thanks again to Jay Rosal for stopping by. Frank Saravalli was outstanding today and just getting us up to date in the very latest here in Leafsland. Producer Aaron, fantastic as per usual. And again, we can't do this show without you or loyal viewers or supporters or listeners, everybody that, you know, go into making this show. It is uh, what it is, I should say. So many thanks to everybody in the chat. I'm Nick Alberga, and we'll talk tomorrow. Take care. On a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 